DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome in. It's a Thursday morning. It's a game day. That's a lie. It's a scrimmage day. But we're treating scrimmages like games. So, get excited. All right, I can't get totally worked up. I'll be more worked up for the games, and especially knowing the playoffs are just two weeks away after the games start, I'll be even more worked up for that. But after a lot of speculation on whether the bubble would happen, whether it would work, well, it seems to be working. It seems to be happening. And I know in this most unpredictable of years, something could go wrong in three weeks or six weeks or eight weeks. It could all get derailed. I get that. Nothing is guaranteed. But it's going as well as it could. We've got enough bad news. I'll take a little good news. Thank you very much. And the Jazz and the Suns tonight, I'm curious. How are they going to try and replace Bogdanovich? And I've said this on multiple shows. I know I said it yesterday, and I said it before that. As much as you want to believe next man up, and as much as you can cite specific examples, Tom Brady may be the best, where there was an injury and somebody took advantage of it and launched a Hall of Fame career like Tom Brady did. Six Super Bowls, a legendary career. Still, it seems like in an era when three-point shooting matters, when shooting in general matters and three-point shooting specifically matters, to lose a guy as good as Bogdanovich, how can they possibly replace that? But you never know. The Patriots didn't know when Bledsoe went down. They were about to get Brady. So I'll watch tonight and see how they can replace Bogdanovich. DJ and PK, coming up next, Steve Klauke talking about baseball, the return of baseball. It's starting up tonight as well. And then Joe Ingles. So stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. We are joined now by Steve Klauke. Salt Lake Bees, play-by-play voice. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line right now. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. How are you? <laughs> All right, so behind the scenes, we've moved out of the auxiliary studio we are we have been in. We're back in the, the main studio, the quote-unquote normal studio, and Yach is now pushing buttons on the new board, hoping he can put a phone call on the air. <laughs> well, at least I can tell now he's done so successfully. Yes, winner! <laughs> winner! Well, looks like it'll be a while before I get my normal workplace, but what the heck. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So we're curious, Steve. Baseball is restarting. For that matter, basketball is restarting. Uh, at this point, are you happy for whatever you can get in the world of sports, or this is kind of an odd year and will never really 
matter to you or you you won't look at it the same way I I won't look at it the same way it'll still matter somewhat but uh, it it just won't be the the same I mean the abbreviated schedule in baseball the thing about baseball they've always talked about it's a marathon not a sprint well in this case it is a sprint at least the NBA they're playing some games to get ready for the postseason NHL starts a week from Saturday and they're going right into the postseason so it's going to be very very strange but uh, uh uh, unfortunately, I don't have any sports channels anymore, so I can't watch it. <laughs> well, so you can't watch soccer? I can't watch anything unless it's on one of the uh, regular channels. Hmm. By regular, do you mean over the air? One o- of the, over the four air, yeah, broadcast yeah, networks? Yes. Two, of course, and then four, five, and 13. Yes, those are the only options I have. No ESPN? No, no. Budget cutbacks. We all know about budget cutbacks. Uh, I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Steve knows more than he lets on. Oh, I, I assume he does know. That's why he brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a very strange, silent summer. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see some of the stuff that's uh, that's going on and see if you know, for example, the, the managers change his strategy, wanting to, you know, uh, you know, every every game is important as far as baseball and an abbreviated schedule like this. It'll be uh, change the way they do things. Obviously, in the National League, is very different because uh, they're going to use the DH, and obviously, extra innings very different to the major league. Something that the minor leagues have done the last couple of years with that automatic runner at uh, second base to start an extra inning. Yeah, see, I don't have any problem with that. I know some purists, and I consider myself to a purist, but I guess I'm not a complete purist because putting a runner on base at the start of the extra inning, I really don't have a problem with that because it adds a whole new set of strategy, and I think that's what makes baseball the alluring sport for me anyway is the strategy involved, you know, because normally if you're in the top of the 10th and a batter gets a double or gets on and steals, what have you, and there's a runner on second with no outs, the whole goal is to move them over so there's easier ways to score uh, from third on an out and what have you. Well, now, do they do that because you know full well one run may not be enough because the home team is going to get the same opportunity? And so that adds strategy on how to manage and what to do, and I find that more intriguing. Yeah, in a lot of ways, you're right. For example, what I've seen in the last couple of years with this rule is the visiting team, they don't they don't try to move the runner over. They need to, They feel that they need to score at least two runs to have a chance to win because more likely the home team is going to score with their runners. So uh, that from that standpoint, uh, I mean, it's a dying part of baseball anyway, the sacrifice bunt, but you don't see it at all from the visiting team. Now, if they don't score, you'll see the home team move things over. I was very much against the rule at first, but I also understood the reason for it. It's gotten to the point where the pitch counts are so ridiculous in the minor leagues that by the 12th inning or so, if it goes that long, you see position players pitch, and I don't think anybody wants to see that. So it makes sense, and with this abbreviated schedule, I can see why Major League Baseball decided to to use it this year. So does uh, when the runners are second base, does anybody try to uh, just pull, you know, you, well, depending if you're left or right-handed, <clears throat> but do you try to hit behind the runner, get the hit that'll drive in the run, but even if you ground out to the second baseman, 
you move the runner over. So it's not a sacrifice, but it has the same impact. And if so, if everyone's doing that, does then everyone go to the, uh, you know, overload that side of the field? I, I think it just depends on the on the manager and, more importantly, the organization, if that's something that they want to do. Uh, some teams that I saw would try to do that, and then the defensive side would uh, shift to the right side. But uh, there were other teams that said, swing away. We don't care what happens. We want you to drive in the run. Uh, however you can. So I think uh, uh, from that standpoint, it's a situation where uh, I guess it depends on on the visiting team and and what kind of uh, style of play they like. So we have that. We put the runner on. You already referenced the DH. The scheduling is going to be more localized and regionalized, and uh, they've expanded the rosters. I'm not sure if there's any other changes that they're going to have. Do you anticipate any of these changes being able to stick? I, I re- well, I, I think the agreement. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, that the National League next year would go back to, to no DH. Although I, I really think, in the long run, that uh, a designated hitter will stay in the National League or rejoin the National League at some point. Um, I, I'm I'd be hard pressed to think that they would keep that runner at second base rule, but I, I think it's been a success at the minor league level. I don't think we've seen. Any games, I know the bees in the two years, uh, any game go past 11 innings or maybe one game with 12 innings. So to, to shorten the game from that standpoint and not have, you know, 18, 19 inning games, even though every having that every once in a while is kind of magical. But for the most part, nobody likes it. Beat writers in particular, because it, it pushes them way past their deadlines and all that. But I I. I think they, they, there are some that would like to see that, but I really don't think that one's going to stay. I'm a little surprised that they are going to, because of the situation with the season as it is, that they're keeping the three batter minimum for relief pitchers. I, I, I don't, I don't like that. It takes away uh, strategy, and I, I just don't think that that's uh, that's good for baseball. Steve Klauke joining us as baseball gets ready to restart. And the Houston Astros scored 15 runs. Now, I assume in an empty ballpark, you can't get away with banging on a trash can. I don't think the Astros could get away with it anywhere, anytime. But is there any chance, even though they acknowledge they were cheating, that maybe the cheating didn't matter that much and they're going to score so many runs this year that we're going to look at it, scratch our heads, and think, wow, they didn't actually need to need to do that to score all these runs is there any chance um no i don't don't think so it's one of those it was you know i'd have to look at the box score to see uh, who kansas city put in if it was uh, uh, part of the uh the uh, taxi squad that uh, that was facing some of these hitters i'd be curious to see if if that were the case because so far most of the games that uh, have been played the the, these brief exhibition games have been played uh, fairly low scoring Actually, watch that game because I do have the network, and that game was on MLB Network, and I was watching some of that game there. So, and they did have their their regular lineups there. Uh, I'm, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, how was how was the the, the broadcast? Because obviously, like uh, what Bowler Jack and Locke are going to have to do, uh, those guys are uh, pretty much uh, broadcasting from remote spots, except for the local. TV and radio on home games. They can be in the ballpark, but other than that, uh, uh, everybody else is uh, from a distance. Yeah, I did watch uh, the Yankees and Mets. I watched uh, Dodgers and D-backs, and I had the D-back channel, 
and they were talking about how they were in Arizona, and the game was obviously in uh, Dodger Stadium. On the first night I watched uh, Yankees and Mets, uh, they weren't uh, – and I, I don't know the name of the play-by-play guys, those ESPN guys, I don't know who they are. Uh, I know their faces. But Eduardo Perez was in Miami, and I was telling DJ this. They picked the runner off. And uh, but they didn't show the throw, and you could hear the uh, the play-by-play guy basically say, "Well, I think they threw it wild," because as you're watching the runner run to second, um, it is as opposed to a straight steal. You know, you start to see him round the bag, and so the the play-by-play guy knew he didn't know where the ball was because he couldn't see it, but he was able to figure it out. So I think we may have some stuff like that. But I think folks are just going to deal with it uh, and just take it for what it's worth, understanding that it's not the fault of the announcers. And so I don't know how it's going to be with basketball, but maybe they may, there may be some stuff. It's a smaller dimensions, obviously, so maybe they won't miss as much. But that was something that the guy did miss, although he surmised what was happening. Which will be interesting because I've seen where the NBA is going to experiment with different camera angles, so it could be a little tough. I, I only have experience in doing something like that once, but that was back in the old days when we had the simulcast and radio wasn't getting the TV feed uh, from uh, from Hot Rod and Booner, so it was. Uh, uh, I, I just sat there in the studio and, and did it for about a half a quarter until we got the uh, the sound back. And uh, next home game, uh, Bobby Sloan, uh, uh, Jerry's first wife, came up to me and said, "You did a really good job on that uh, uh, play-by-play, but you guys need to turn the crowd mics up." <laughs> <laughs> Steve Klauke joining us here. So the on-field stuff, who's going to win, who's going to lose? And I know it's an extreme example, but watching the Yankees Sunday night, they win 6 nothing. they hit five home runs. Granted, some majestic, just massive tape measure home runs. But can you really bash your way all the way to the title? I think you can bash your way to a regular season title. I think I don't know that the Yankees have the the pitching that would get them through the short series that they they need. It'll be you know it'd be interesting. Cause, I mean, take a look at last year after 60 games, the Washington Nationals, the World Series champions, wouldn't have even made the playoffs. They had such a poor record at that point. So obviously, I think the big thing for anybody who has, has a chance to win, and I think at this point because it's the short season, everybody has a chance to win, even the Detroit Tigers. That and maybe even your Padres, that uh, you know, getting off to a great start can mean a, a world of good, get you into the playoffs. How serious is it a blow to everything involved that there was no B season? Uh, obviously, I think financially it was a very difficult uh, for the organization. Uh, obviously, the, the, the movie theaters were closed, the jazz, the concerts, everything else. So it was just a, a part of the, of the big puzzle. Obviously, the, the ushers, concessionaires, parking lot attendants, uh, uh, team staff, and what have you, uh, not getting paid uh, during the course of the summer. A lot of these people uh, you know, count on, on that kind of salary. Obviously, from the comments I've seen, you know, a lot of people miss just, you know, nobody, they like to see the bees win on the nights they go. But for the most part, uh, it's all about a beautiful evening at the ballpark and uh, and watching a ball game and talking with your friends and having a bite to eat or whatever. But uh, so from that standpoint, it, it's just, just like a lot of things. It's just part of the summer puzzle that's missing. Steve Klauke, you join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Do you think the minor leagues 
as a whole, and I know there's a lot of different pieces to this puzzle, AAA, AA, Rookie League's got its own challenges, obviously. Does minor league baseball bounce back next year? Assuming, assuming society does, does, is minor league right there? Or is some of these organizations around the country uh, – take a, a, a big enough hit that there are going to be changes. I think there are going to be changes. The collective bargaining agreement with Major League Baseball expires September 30th, and it's pretty well documented that they're planning on uh, eliminating 42 teams from minor league baseball, basically taking away a couple of levels. So uh, 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 the guys you know, like Dave Baggett up in Ogden and uh, uh, the Orem uh, folks, uh, those are teams that uh, never had a chance to say goodbye uh, because they're not going to play this year and uh, most likely the whole Pioneer League is going to be wiped out next year as well as several other leagues and teams. You're going to see some rearranging at the AAA level, a lot of room Rumors going around that Fresno may be relegated down to A-ball, and they'll find another team to fill their spot at AAA, and maybe AAA will be three different leagues or one league with three different divisions, cutting down on the amount of travel that these teams have. And there are teams that were slated to be back next year that financially it's taken such a hit that they may not be able to survive and come back next year, which may change the landscape of some of the teams that are being dissolved. So what are the players doing right now? Not a, a whole lot. I think working out on their own, maybe the lucky ones who are a part of that 60-man uh, extended uh, roster getting to work out. I know uh, I think the Angels players are working out at Long Beach State. Uh, I'm not sure, for example, the Rockies, they were going to work out in uh, those extra players in Albuquerque, but Albuquerque has become a, a COVID hotspot, so the two teams uh, sent out a release yesterday that they're not going to work out in Albuquerque. So those guys are, are working out. I don't know if they're going to be playing any, any any games or what have you. I, I, I guess just a, a dream on my part, hoping to be able to do some games. I thought at one point back in maybe May that they would take this extra group of 30 players to have them ready for the season, maybe play a AAA schedule, but uh, that uh, didn't happen. And I don't think they're going to play any exhibition games because they are so uh, spread out and they want to reduce the travel. So these guys are basically just you know working out uh, with some of the coaching staffs and all that. And the guys who aren't a part of that uh, – uh, they're doing whatever they can, I think, to, to make a buck and you know, give lessons and all that just to to earn some money on top of the uh, most of the teams now are still paying these minor league players the, the $400 a week stipend that they would normally get in spring training. So I'm curious, Steve, if uh, is the whole instructional fall league, is that all going away? What about uh, for guys who play winter league, go to the Caribbean? Is that is that going to happen? Uh, as of now, I think that part is happening. And from what I understand, like the instructional fall league may be expanded uh, and, and, and make it and bring in more people than you normally would, and, and maybe even some some guys that uh, uh, are are ahead of the game as far as development, but they want to give them some uh, a chance to play games and work out and uh, and, and fine tune their games. So I, I think we may see if everything gets better, because I don't think right now that's the case, but I think the plan is to uh, expand on the Fall Instructional League and uh, and give some more guys a chance to, to work and, and make some money. And uh, you know, Because a lot of these guys, it's not going to be easy to bounce back from a, a year off of uh, development. 
So I think as far as the NBA, whoever wins the thing, to me, that's going to be legitimate because they played enough games and they're not going to play quite 82, but they played enough basically and they're going to play off. It's going to be the same. And, uh, you know, I realize it's not going to be travel and home games, whatnot, but it's all going to be equal. So to me, whoever wins, they're, you know, they deserve to have that title for this season. How would you view baseball as far as whoever wins the World Series, given that it's going to be a really truncated season? You know, it's it's funny. Once I think, obviously, getting to the playoffs might be easier for some than others in in regards to having the shortened season, teams that are built for the long haul. But I think once you get to the postseason, everything uh, reverts back to the way it was. So, uh, yeah, I I think, uh, I mean, everybody will remember 2020's champion. I don't think there needs to be an asterisk or anything, but I think that... uh, uh, they will uh, uh, be remembered as, oh yeah, the shortened season champions, uh, much like uh, uh, the Spurs in the in the strike shortened season in the NBA. So then, like the Spurs, does it matter who wins it if it's somebody who's busy winning, you know, three times in six or seven years or whatever? I mean, the Spurs obviously won five over right. about fifteen years. So you're like, well, somebody would have been the best team if they'd played eighty two games, and it probably could have been the Spurs because look, they did it all these other years too. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, if, if the Yankees or the Dodgers or um, the Nationals come back and win it again, that, that would be one thing. Uh, but, if, say, the Detroit Tigers uh, come up and, and win it or the Mariners come up and win it, then, then you know, people will raise an eyebrow and think, well, you know, they were the beneficiary of, uh, of the truncated season. Well, Steve, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us this morning, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on uh, what's broadcast. I know uh, you know that's going to limit your options, but there's still some stuff out there. Uh, Channel 2, CBS Sports has the uh, NWSL Women's Soccer Championship game. That'll interest you. I know one of the camera people. That's about it. Well, also, Steve, right now, RSL is losing 1-0, not 1-0 or zip, 1-0, as you know, to the Kansas City Ball Club. So uh, there's about uh, 30 minutes to go or so. So if you want to just text me, I'll give you updates on all the action. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's an early morning for the guys. Staying out of the Orlando heat and humidity. One morning game, two evening games. That's their, uh, that, that's their that, schedule. That, that, that's been an interesting part because I do get uh, phone calls every once in a while from my son who's in the bubble as well. <laughs> Getting some good stories? Well, the, the one that I, I can tell is the fact that the, my, uh, my daughter wasn't very happy with him the other day. He called her. It was about midnight Orlando time, 10 o'clock here, and he was uh, – talking to her and she goes what are you doing and he goes oh just walking around the lake and she screams into the phone adam a kid was eaten by an alligator at that lake get away from there Ooh. (laughs) and he says well don't worry there's signs that say uh, beware of the alligators and she goes yeah but the alligators can't read those signs Alligators and snakes. I've seen the signs. People have put them up on social media. It's a little unnerving, quite frankly. It's Florida. I know. It is. Exactly, Steve. (laughs) Exactly. All right, guys. Thank you, Steve. Uh There's Steve Glauke. Always good to hear from Steve. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the Joe Ingles Show. Next, stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe, and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz, Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe, to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. <laughs> With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ, PK, and Joe Ingles joins us now. Brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. A couple weeks into the bubble, you all settled into the new normal now? You got your routine down? Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely, um, I guess, a lot more comfortable than those those first few days. Um, you just kind of, I guess, you you get you get used to your surroundings and the situation. And um, obviously, at the end of the day, we we know the NBA is doing the best they can out of a out of a weird situation. Um, so it's been interesting. Um, but yeah. I guess um, me personally, I'm, I'm pretty kind of settled and um, honestly just want the, the games to start now. So given the fact that the games do start in terms of keeping uh, record and having them count next week, how much do these practice games that you have take on a level of uh, higher importance compared to preseason exhibition games that you have in October? I mean, I think it's just, uh, I mean, it's very similar, really. Um, the, the preseason normally is is the same thing. We're just preparing at the, the start of the year, and um, you, you're figuring out things that work and things that don't work, and and what you like. And and obviously for us um, now, it's a little different with with our Boyan. So just figuring out things that that work and don't work um, with our Boyan. Um, some of the stuff that we used to run for him does it does it work for me? Does it work for JC? If not. We've got other options that we can we can obviously use. So, um, yeah, I mean they're they're just as important. Uh, I think uh, I think the preseason games themselves are important. Getting your team ready for for the regular season, and and this is no different. It's just obviously um, a few less games than than what we're used to. So the scrimmages will help get you back into that game flow. How much has uh, Quinn had you going five on five? So you you've kind of gotten that at a certain level already. Yeah, the the first um, probably I think it was two, maybe three days. Um, we really just got out and ran and, and kind of played pickup. Obviously, a bit more organised with with coaches and stuff and and all that there. But um, yeah, we kind of just got to to get out and run up and down and just get your legs under you. We haven't um, obviously played hadn't played five on five up until this point of getting here. So to to get here and, and get settled in and um, and then obviously start playing was, was really good. And then obviously after you, you kind of get your legs under you a bit, you, you can start breaking down stuff, offense and defense and, and figuring out um, all that stuff. So we've we've had some, some long days in the gym and I think guys have really enjoyed it because it's been 
obviously a long time between us, us doing this. So um, we've had some really good practices. We've, we've had a couple stinkers, but I, I think every team would have gone through that um, throughout this kind of two-week period. Do you have any idea how many minutes you're going to play right off the bat? Probably like 48. I'm not sure. Give or take. 48. Wow. Okay. Well, how about it goes in overtime? Uh, 53. Um, no, I, I mean, it's we obviously everyone's well aware and it's been spoken about about Boyan being out and he, he obviously had a, a big role minutes wise and, and load offensively that he that he carried for us. And um, there's obviously his kind of 30 plus minutes. Um, uh, I mean, obviously they're not all going to go to one player or, or, or anything like that, but I think kind of split up over our our main group of guys. And then obviously there's there's opportunity for, for rookies or young guys or, or whatever it is to, um, or whoever it is to, to step up and um, try and get try and get some, some of those minutes, try and kind of break the rotation. Um, uh, obviously the regular season or whatever these games are, um, give these guys a chance um, if the opportunity comes up and see how they go. So when you look back at your own career and the kind of the arc of your own career, are there times, whether it was in Australia, in Europe, uh, in the NBA, maybe with the Australian national team, where an injury actually did give you a break, get you some playing time you weren't getting and, and you made the most of it? Um, I mean, my, my job in Barcelona that I got, um, I should actually go back. That My first ever game, I was 17, 18, whatever I was, and I I knew I was going to play a little bit because I was good enough to play a little bit, but our starting point guard actually got injured. Um, we flew to New Zealand. My first ever game was in New Zealand, and we flew over on the plane, and our point guard had come out of retirement. Um, his name was Shane Heal. He'd played in the NBA before and all that, and they recruited him out of retirement, and he actually did his, or his back locked up on the plane flight over. Um, and like I said, I, I, I mean, I, w- I think I was going to play some kind of minutes anyway, but I got to, they bumped over this, this starting two man to point guard. So there was more minutes on the wing and I ended up playing nearly the whole game, had my career high, which I've still never broken. Um, so that's a good one. And then I, I, I got to Barcelona via guys being injured, um, I was playing with another team in Spain in Granada and um, two or three of their wings were injured and, and I got an opportunity to, to sign a three-year deal there and, and got to win a lot of titles and, and play with some really good players. So, I mean, I've had a couple of opportunities like that. I think it's... Um, I mean, the Jazz is another one. AB, all, all these guys that were here getting... AB obviously had some kind of freakish injuries. Rodney Hood was injured. Like, there was... There was uh, I think every team you've been on there's been a situation where someone's been injured or something like that so I've, it's not like the best way to get those opportunities because you don't wish injuries up, upon anyone but obviously if you get that opportunity you've got to be ready to take it and, um, and make the most of it because you guys are all together in this on this campus in Orlando uh, has that maybe brought guys closer uh, I mean yes and no I'm ready to not see the guys for a couple of days, get a couple of days for myself. I'll, I'll take going and uh, see my family. Um, but obviously there's, it, I was saying to someone the other day, it's, it's almost like a, 
a national team type of feeling, a World Cup or, or something like that, because you, this is what we do at a World Cup. We have a little room, and like me and Paddy Mills share a room usually, so I'm usually in the same size room that I'm in right now, but with, with Paddy and all his junk in there as well. So um, you walk around to your team room, and there's teams walking around and players. You can obviously... I just bumped into Gordon walking back here. So you you see a lot of people, um, obviously during the NBA season that you wouldn't would wouldn't necessarily see. Um so it's cool to be able to to catch up with people, see people, talk to other guys, talk to players you've never spoken to, um talk to anyone. There's GMs, there's there's all types of people walking around. So um to me it's like a national team with obviously a little bit more money involved. Um so I think the guys that can um, kind of settle into it and uh, I think the situation at the games, the locker room at the games, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be different to what we're used to. Um, and I think the teams that can adjust and be as comfortable as possible in that are going to have a really good shot at, at kind of moving on further because it's, uh, it is very different to, to how we're used to um, being around the game. So I've heard there's a game you play walking through the hallways trying to recognize people that it's actually hard. It's difficult because you can't see, depending on the way the mask is, 60, 70, 80% of their face. So have you walked past yeah. people and had no idea who you were walking past until later? Yeah, I'm probably a bad person to ask that too because I don't really know people anyway. Um, and like I said, there's, there's GMs, there's training staff, there's massage therapists there's all kinds of people from whoever your 37 people are so um between the mask and a, and a hat or a, like a, a hood on or, or whatever it is it's uh there's some days that are pretty tough pretty tough to see who's who but um no it's uh like i said it's if you can if you can kind of settle into it and get as comfortable as possible, like I said, it is different. It's not the Ritz downtown and you've got your own room and you don't have to see any of your teammates or, or other teams until shoot around or whatever it is. And um, if you can adjust and, and get as comfortable as possible, I think it, it can go a long way. Do you think under these circumstances, because literally I think the whole world is going to be watching once you guys start to play because it's so unusual, do you think that with that in mind, guys and players and teams would be a little more hyped to play? Well, I think regardless of who's watching, um, I mean, obviously everyone knows that it's going to be pretty much empty in the gym and um, it's going to be a very different situation. But uh, I mean, I would... I would find it hard to believe if anyone's had this bigger bigger break um, playing basketball in their lives, really. Um, I mean, from whoever the, the oldest LeBron who's played, whatever, 17 years to a rookie, like a lot of us have played our whole careers, even if you're not playing with your team specifically. I'm with the national team. Guys are in LA with a bunch of, of other players playing pickup in the summer. Um there's a lot of stuff that that goes on that keeps you playing games regardless of kind of what the level is. And, um, I mean, I'd be surprised if anyone had really had this bigger break. Um, I know I've never had or had the break that we had. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, regardless of that, I think guys would be really excited to play. I think even just playing at someone else, we've, we've been here for two weeks now and, and before that for a couple of weeks, getting back into the facility in Utah and you kind of start seeing faces again and we've had some really competitive practices and 
um, it's been really, really nice to, to get back out there and play because obviously that's our job. It's what we love to do. It's, um, it's, it's we make our money for like it's, it's everything that we do. So um, I think playing against another team, regardless of if there's five people in there or twenty or whatever they, I don't know what the numbers are in terms of who can get into a game. So um, I think the guy, the, the games are going to be. Um, are going to be good. Might be a bit of rust in the first couple of games, but I think once we get in the flow of it, I think I think guys will be pretty competitive, um, regardless of who's in the gym or not. Between your five on five sessions in practice, the three scrimmages and eight regular season games, I got to admit I did wonder what the playoffs would look like. But as we get into this, it seems to me like the playoffs ought to look like highly competitive basketball. This seems like enough basketball to to get into uh, get on a pretty good roll, get a pretty good rhythm going. For sure, uh, I think um, as cliche as it sounds, it's, kind of, it's almost like riding a bike. Like you, you kind of jump out there and you start playing again, and like the system, of the, like the way we play as a Jazz, you start remembering. Like you might not have remembered sitting in your room, but you get back out there with the guys, and it's it's kind of natural. It's what, like I said, it's what a lot of us have done our whole lives. It's um, it just kind of slowly comes back, and and like I said, once you kind of get your legs under you and you get the fitness of running up and down because I think that's the that's the hardest part is is you can't emulate anything um, that's five and five when especially with the situation we've been in for the last hundred odd days so um, our guys all came back looking really well really good which is is nice and so you if if guys have taken care of themselves in that hundred three month whatever the, the days or month period was um, you're almost a step ahead because you're not trying to catch up to other players or other teams. Our guys all looked really well, um, really good. So we were able to get back out there. And like I said, we, we played pick up the first couple of days to get out and, and it was a lot better than I anticipated it was going to be. Um, you just never know with those situations. And um, yeah, it's, like I said, it, it's been awesome to be to be back out with the guys. I obviously would change a few things and would love to have my family and stuff here because that's that's the hardest part. You get such a routine at home and, and for me to be able to be home with, with Renee and the kids and help Renee and give Renee some time away and, and just be with my children for, for the longest I've probably been with them consistently. And then um, not all of a sudden, because we were prepared obviously, but, but all of a sudden you kind of get ripped away and now I'm sitting in a, in a little room by myself. Is, uh, that's, that's probably been the toughest part. So I was going to ask you with that in mind, Joe, the challenge of spending time, the downtime, how does it relate to the challenge or the boredom of the downtime regularly when you're on the road when things are normal? Yeah, I mean, there's a, a, probably a lot more here. Um, obviously, we, we practice or we lift weights or we've got a schedule every day. But, um, I mean, example is, is today we've got practice at 6 p.m. tonight, I think it is, and I think the I think the first thing on our schedule is like four thirty treatments or something like that. Like it's, I woke up at nine o'clock or whatever it was, nine thirty, and I've got all that time in the day to to kill. We're usually on the road. You you get up. We're usually there for a game, so we've got shoot around or we've got practice in the morning, and then we're flying somewhere else. So there's, there's a bit more going on, and um, yeah, there's a, a lot of a lot of downtime here. Which um, again, you want to you want to try and keep your, your kind of mind ticking over. You don't want to be sitting in bed all day and, and getting a sore back or, or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, you just got to figure out 
kind of a routine, but it's obviously very different to the last three months where Renee and I are getting up with the kids and you get to like play with the kids all day and, and, and kind of do stuff like that. You put them down and your downtime is at six o'clock when the kids go to bed for a couple of hours. So it's, um, it's been a little bit of an adjustment, um, but it is what it is, I guess. It's the, the situation we're in at the moment. It sucks, but um, you just got to make the most of it. So when the games start, will you go watch the games or do you find watching other people play basketball just gets incredibly tedious? Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I was <laughs> Renee and I were talking about it actually and originally we weren't sure if you'd be able to see other teams because there's obviously the three hotels and, and they've just uh, told us, I think it was yesterday or something, that as of a certain date or time there's going to be shuttles because everyone's been testing negative obviously we've um we can catch a shuttle to the other hotel and and eat at a restaurant there or or i can go hang out with patty in in another hotel or, or whatever it is so um originally i was like oh if i want to catch up with with patty or someone from another team maybe you have to go to a game and meet at a game and I probably wouldn't necessarily sit there and watch the game, but just to catch up with with him or or someone else. So, um, I yeah, I mean, I don't know what the situation. I honestly, I, I haven't heard. I'm sure it's been said somewhere about if we can go and how many seats or what you have to do to be able to go because it's obviously not a full arena, so you can't just pile in a bus of 200 athletes to go watch a game. Um, so I don't know what the situation is, but the chance I go to another game will be very, very slim. I'll watch it on TV. Like I, I do love watching basketball, especially if there's someone I know or something. Um, but yeah, I, I won't be going to any. I don't think. So I saw on social media, Joe, that it was your wife's birthday the other day. You don't think you got off the hook of getting her a present just because you weren't in her presence, did you? <laughs> I absolutely knew that that wasn't the case. Uh, Renee's like a massive Christmas birthday um, celebrator. She loves Christmas. She had to she had to kind of get me in the right frame of mind for Christmas because I was a bit of a bit of the Grinch for a while there. And then once we had the kids, it was um, obviously once you have kids involved, it's it's pretty cool to. They get so excited, especially the age yeah, our twins are now. They get so excited to um, to go to sleep and put a cookie out for Santa, like all those things. So um, Renee did give me a bit of stick for being the Grinch for a while, but um, no, I was I was actually well prepared this year. I obviously once we found out we were leaving and going, um, I mean Renee would tell you she's actually listening right now in the car. Um, she just dropped Jacob at, at therapy and she's she's listening, so she'll. She, if she could call in, she would. She would 100% echo this. But I, I'm usually like the day or two before, and like Amazon Prime something or run to the shops and get something. Like I always kind of know what I want to get her or an idea that I have for her, but I always leave it to the last minute. And I'm like running around and telling her that I'm going to get coffee and I'm gone for like three hours to try and pick something up. And <laughs> um, I was actually very well prepared this year because obviously with the situation that we're in so um, it was um, kind of crappy not being there with her and and with the kids and um, helping with the kids and being able to be there to celebrate her day but I uh, I think she enjoyed it she told me she enjoyed it so um, I think I did a I think I did a right it's the twins birthday on Saturday though so oh 
Well, that's a big one. Uh, that's got to suck not being there. Yeah, I haven't missed the obviously without with the timing of it. The twins' birthday is usually in the summer, so I'm usually at home and we've got our family around and um, have a little birthday party with with the family, which is kind of it's it's. Uh, two things at once being able to catch up with family and, and obviously celebrating the, the twins birthday so um, I've already stated to my team not to come near me on the 25th because I'm going to be extremely <laughs> upset and mad and tell them to stay away from me because I'll probably rip one of their heads off if they come near me but um, obviously they're in pretty amazing hands with Renee so I'm, I'll be confident that they have a very good day. Speaking of your teammates' health, have you been telling your teammates that there really aren't any gators in the lakes there around the property? Is that have you been well, slandered, or did you actually do that? No, like so. My room actually looks over kind of two of the lakes or whatever they are that are around the the hotel, um, and you can like so everywhere you go, you obviously walking everywhere. You walk outside, and it, it like between the I can I'm looking at it right now between the water. And where, like, the footpath is that you walk, it's literally, like, from the baseline to the free throw line. Like, that's how far it is. And I'm like, there's no alligators in these waters. Like, do you know how dangerous that is if someone's, like, walking and an alligator's, like, for whatever reason, like, sitting on the grass and something happens and it chases out? Like, those things can move as well. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not, risk- they're not risking that. Or, like, sorry, Joe Ingles is out tonight because his arm got bitten off by a gator. Like... I'm suing everyone in the world if that happens. So there's no ch- like, there's no. I ha- we've we've seen. I mean, I'm sure everyone's seen. There's like spots you can go fishing, and there's there's like sea snakes and turtles and stuff that have, and obviously fish that guys have been fishing. Um, I think someone caught a turtle the other day out of the thing, but obviously we, um, we you have to throw them back in or whatever. So. Um, they they were all like everywhere we've walked. Everyone's like looking in the water for an alligator. I'm like, there's no chance. Like, if you could see how cl- I'll, I'll have to take a photo of it or something. But if you could see how close it is from like the footpath, and there's no fence. It's just a bit of grass and a couple like higher like reeds or whatever. I don't know what what plants they are or whatever. But um, like if the alligator was in there, like you're gonna eat. Like it's gonna eat. Like it, there's no chance. There, there was, there was a couple of years ago a really horrific, tragic story about a family losing. That's kid. what someone brought up with a yeah. with their with their son or daughter or mm-hmm. something, right? Yeah, it's horrible. I just, hey, Joe, we well, saw, especially after that. Then, if that if that has happened, there's no chance that they are now. Then, no, I mean, we saw that scene in Crocodile Dundee, so we understand the seriousness oh, of nice. it. Nice, nice. <laughs> there's no, there's no chance. That there's alligators in here. Disney what was had them the all deal with that? Uh, what was the deal with that Rambo-like headband you were wearing the other day? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I said it in my media session after uh, after I wore I wore it in my media session, which Renee hates it, by the way. Um, I agree with but, her. <laughs> I mean, I do too. But the I was wearing it in whatever the practices were, um, whatever you want to call them prior to coming here. And it, honestly, the first ever time I put it on, obviously apart from Memphis, which was a different situation, but I I walked into the facility to start these workouts that we're doing and me and Mike Conley were the, the first group because we were up earlier than probably anyone else 
anyone else in our team having kids and Mike Mike asked our equipment manager hey can I get a headband and I was standing right there and I was like yeah let me get one too and I just put it on for like and I actually shot really well on the workout but um, then Dennis was like standing on his balcony thing that comes out of where his office is and was like yelling at me about how bad it looks and I was like alright well that just makes me even more motivated to wear it if Dennis doesn't like it I'm definitely going to wear it so um I don't know if Dennis is listening. I'm sure he's not. Um, but if he is, um, it's for, uh, for my good friend Dennis. Well, I think if you wear that, you got to do the interview shirtless too. You want me to wear a, you want me to do a, wear a headband and do a shirtless interview? <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Go Rambo all the way. <laughs> yeah. That's not a good. That's not a good look for anyone. Uh, it made Sylvester Stallone a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, if it did that, then I'd, I'd definitely do it. <laughs> All right, and just for the record, uh, Renee is welcome to call the show anytime. 855-340-ZONE. And I'm following her on Twitter. She can follow me back and DM me. We can set something up. Good to go anytime she wants to come on. She has a standing you invitation. Should, you should have her on one week, especially... Uh, with how boring I get and people probably get sick of me talking but should uh, should give you a good insight into how it is the, probably the other side of it of not being in a hotel by myself getting up and going to sleep whenever I want she's uh, she's got the twins and she's 21 22 weeks pregnant now and um, there's some long and she said it's been really hot there so it's been hot and She's been a, a very busy woman, but like I said, she's uh, I wouldn't leave them in, in any better hands. So I know they're in, in good hands, and um, I'll get back as soon as I can. Joe, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on, and we will uh, talk to you again next week. For sure. No worries. Thanks for having me. There's Joe Ingles. He joins us every week. Tonight, we will watch him in a scrimmage. We will get to that and everything else that's trending. What is trending? Coming up next. Stay with us.